there are three times when my wife says that she avoids me at all costs. The first is when I'm hangry. Now, if you've never heard this word before, hangry is short for I am so hungry that I'm getting angry. So hangry, right? And uh, it's happened to me a couple times lately where I've skipped lunch because I have so much work to get done. And so next thing I know it, it's three or four o'clock and I'm really hungry. I'm so hungry, I'm getting angry. And I can't really eat lunch because it's too close to dinner. And if I eat now, I'm gonna have to skip dinner. And then around nine o'clock, I'm gonna get really hungry, right? So it's just this huge dilemma. So my wife avoids me when I get hangry. The second time my wife avoids me is when I haven't had time to recharge. See, I am very much an introvert, but most people assume that I'm an extrovert, which means that uh, while I can behave like an extrovert in most places, I need time by myself to recharge. So for me, that's like playing video games, it's gonna watch a, going to watch a movie by myself. Maybe it's even just sitting uh, and, and reading a book with nobody to bother me or distract me. Like I need time to recharge. The third time my wife avoids me though, and this is probably the most frequent, frequent one, is when I am running late to something. Now, for me, this usually happens in the mornings. I either took too long to get ready or I paid a little too much attention to Stephen A. Smith as he talked about football on, ES on uh, ESPN, or maybe I just decided to make breakfast or coffee when I knew I didn't have time for those things, right? I put myself in a position where I'm running late and, and uh, suddenly, like, I, I'm, I'm rushing. I'm rushing out the door. I'm rushing through traffic. I'm rushing through red lights, trying to, well, rushing through yellow lights, I should say that, as I try to get to work or wherever I'm going. And, uh, and, and here's the, the uh, here's, here's how it really plays out in my life, right? I get really short as I'm walking out the door. I, I, for some reason, when I'm really late, it's hard for me, it feels hard for me to turn around and say, I love you, Susie, I love you, Zoe, I'll see you all tonight, right? Like, in my mind, I don't have time for that, right? It also plays out in that I get really annoyed in my car, right, at people who are driving the speed limit, even especially, I would say, those who are not driving anywhere close to the speed limit because they're driving so slow, right? And so I get annoyed at them, and uh, I'll tell you, one of my bad, uh, one of my bad tendencies is to, uh, when somebody's driving slow, I go around them, and the whole time I'm just shaking my head no, I don't even look at them. I'm just shaking my head no, right? Like, like somehow they inconvenience me. Like it's their fault that I'm running late. Right? I also get annoyed at every red light because it feels like it takes longer, uh, right? I mean, that when, when we're in a hurry, everything just seems to annoy us. See, when I'm running late, I don't have time to deal with people. At least that's what I tell myself. I don't have time to deal with people. I get annoyed with people because my only focus when I'm running late my only focus is to get to my destination or to at least get as close as possible to my destination uh, on time. In his book, this book that we've been going through these past couple weeks, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer says this. He says, hurry and love are incompatible. And that, that line really rings true. Hurry and love are incompatible. When I'm in a hurry, to get somewhere because I'm running late. Love doesn't seem to be a part of who I am in those moments. See, I'm willing to guess that you're probably the same as I am, that all of us are really uh, the same way, right? Your worst moments as a spouse, as a coworker, as a boss, as a teacher, as a roommate, as a fellow human being, my guess is that your worst moments have happened when you are in a hurry. 
Comer says it this way. He says, all my worst moments are when I am in a hurry, when I'm late for an appointment, behind on my unrealistic to-do list, trying to cram too much into my day. I ooze anger and tension and a critical nagging. He says, this is the antithesis of love. See, the reality is that when we are in a hurry, we struggle to love those around us. And if you don't believe me, just pay attention to how you relate to people or interact with others when you're in a hurry to get things done. It's rarely with love. It's usually with anger and agitation, a rude comment or a rough glare or my personal favorite and my dog's personal favorite, a loud huff. Hurry and love are indeed incompatible. But there is a better way. In the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 5, a guy named Jairus, who was one of the leaders in the synagogue, he runs to Jesus and begs him, and he says, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So Jesus does what we all expect Jesus to do. He goes with him to heal his daughter. Now, let's stop here for a second, because if this was me, if I was Jesus, which I'm not, but if I was Jesus in this story, we would be at ElfCon 1. Like, everyone better stop what they're doing. Everyone better stop uh, making me late. Everyone better stop asking me questions. Everyone better deal with their own problems, because right now, my only focus would be to get to Jairus' house as soon as possible to heal uh, his daughter. That's my only focus, right? In fact, getting to Jairus' house would be so important for me that I would even be willing to sacrifice relationships and opportunities with others for the sake of this kid's life. For the sake of saving this child, I would be willing to ignore people and, to hel- uh, and, and ignore those who need help. And I, and I would say uh, no to fun invitations, right? To play top golf or whatever it is. I would be willing to say no to all of these things for the sake of saving this child. And that probably seems understandable to you, right? I've justified it hundreds of times in my life. But I want you to think about it this way. How many times have you been running late somewhere and you started to become very passive aggressive towards your kids or your roommates or even your spouse? Is it really worth sacrificing your relationship with these people for the sake of being somewhere on time? Let me ask it this. What about the times when you're always in a rush, right, to get things done, and you have so much stuff to do that you begin to sacrifice opportunities to hang out with friends or with your family or your coworkers or your roommates? I mean, I get it. The work needs to get done, but is it worth sacrificing those relationships and those opportunities time and time and time again for the sake of deadlines? See, I think John Mark Comer is right when he says that hurry and love are incompatible. And the sad reality is that because we are all too often in a hurry, trying to meet deadlines, trying to get to places on time, trying to uh, finish all the work we have to do, because we are all too often in a hurry, we are missing out on so many opportunities to extend love to people who really need us to extend love to them. Which is why what happens next as Jesus is going to Jairus' house It's so fascinating to me. Listen to this text. It's from Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 35. It says this. 
Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He, he looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from Jairus' house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? See, Jesus was making his way to Jairus' house, and considering that we as the readers know what happens to this kid, everyone should have excused Jesus if he had just told the crowd, you know what, I don't have time for you right now. Get out of my way. I need to go heal this kid. Everyone would have excused Jesus if he had just completely ignored this woman and left her in her fear and her trembling, as Scripture describes her, right? It's for the sake of saving this kid. It's excusable, right? He's in a hurry. But even though it would have been understandable, even though he was in a hurry, Jesus chose to slow down. He chose to put hurry aside and to care for this woman along the way. And this choice that Jesus makes is a powerful one that I want to make sure we don't miss. See, the way to eliminate hurry is to be countercultural. It's to slow down enough to love people along the way, even when we have every excuse to be in a hurry. If Jesus, who was running late to Jairus' house, where a child was dying, had enough time to slow down and care for this woman, then you and I, when we're running late to work, have plenty of time to slow down and show our family and our loved ones and our fellow drivers that we love them. If Jesus, who was running late to Jairus' house where a child was dying, had enough time to slow down and care for this woman, then you and I have enough time to drive behind a slow car and to treat those drivers with respect just as Jesus treats this woman with respect. If Jesus, who was running late to Jairus' house where a child was dying, had enough time to slow down and care for this woman, then even though the project needs to be finished, it needs to get done, you and I also have time to be there for our families and our friends, just as Jesus is there for this woman. See, if Jesus can slow down, in the midst of hurrying to get somewhere, albeit somewhere important, then you and I can also afford to slow down. See, if the one and only Son of God, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, 
If Jesus, the one who descended to hell and on the third day rose again from the dead, if Jesus, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God and will someday come to judge the living and the dead, if this Jesus has time to slow down and love people along the way, then you and I have time to slow down and love people along the way as well. Friends, I know that the world tells us that our hurry is justified. And they're probably right. But my guess is that while our hurry, while your hurry is justified, the behavior that hurry brings out within us is not justified. So, if you're tired of that being you, if you're tired of who you become when you're in a hurry, if you are tired of the things that you have said to others when you're in a hurry, if you're tired of always being in a hurry because you don't uh, uh, like who you become when you're in a hurry, then there is a better way. It's called slowing down and loving those around you. Jesus does this for this woman as he's going to Jairus' house. And if he can do it, and friends, we can do it too. Will you pray with me? God of slowing down, you remind us that this world doesn't revolve around our ability to get everything done right on time. God, this world revolves around you. And because of that, because this world revolves around you, God, we can slow down and we can love people along the way. God, we don't have to be rude to people when we're in a hurry. We don't have to push people away when we're in a hurry. We don't have to let the worst in us come out when we're in a hurry. We can look at hurry dead in the eye and say, I don't have time for you, so I'm going to slow down. God, help us to slow down. Because we know that in slowing down, we're able to love people. And God, we want to be people of love not a people of hurry. God, we give you thanks. We pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us as we went through this whole series on hurry. I hope, I really do hope, that if you uh, uh, struggle with hurry and busyness, I hope that this series has been helpful for you. And I hope that uh, maybe you haven't done all of these practices but maybe you have found one practice that you're putting into practice in your own lives. And my hope is that this practice will become a habit and this habit will become just a natural part of who you are. So uh, if you need to go back and listen to any of them, do that. And uh, if you want to go deeper into this conversation on slowing down, I'm going to invite you to text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. When you, get that, uh, when you text that, you'll get a link to a home sheet. And that'll include the scriptures we talked about today. It'll include uh, some questions to think about. And it'll include a, a plan of action to live slowing down. So I, I'm, I'm so thankful that you joined us this series. I look forward to the next sermon series. And I hope you join us for that as well. And remember, I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.